And there'll be another edition of Desert Island Ducks at the same time next week, when the castaway will be the ornithologist Sir Peter Scott, whose choices will include music by Van Duck Parks, Gannett Jackson, Nick Drake, and of course, this. Hello, good welcome and evening. Yes, I think that's right. To another Nothing To Do With Anything show, which comes to you this week directly from here. And coming up on the show tonight, Boris Johnson and his dancing chickens. Thanks to the police, I have mummies ringing up for 23-year-olds saying, are you having a laugh? And it makes my blood boil, because the last time I did so, I was put in a pen and pelted with pork pies. Also, purely for political balance, Ken Livingstone will be showing us how to drive a lorry full of dynamite down a hill in complete safety. I had a long rumble with the government because I caused mayhem because we introduced free chemicals. I was always wasted because no one in government was taking much notice. Absolutely pathetic in their response. And many of them have become extinct. And also, also, the massed bands of the Royal Highland Artillery will be getting into a fight with the choir of St Albans Cathedral. Lovely. So there's lots to enjoy in this week's show, but first let's get avant-garde weatherman David Lynch out of the way. Hello, John, and here is an added hello, John, from over 20 miles away. What a bonus. Narden, David, most of our listeners will already know you as Lynch the Director. Yes, that's what most people shout once they've seen my films. But not many people think of you as a talented avant-garde composer. No, I am mostly considered an untalented one. Well, let's take a listen to your latest recording before my better judgement takes over. It's not only the soundtrack to my latest film, but it can also be made into a rather nice paper hat. I'm sorry to hear that. And if I heard it again, I'd be sorry to hear it again. Any road, before you go, which I hope will be very soon indeed, could you perhaps read out another one of your inimitable weather forecasts? Only by yes, John. Only by yes. The weather today will include clouds, rain, mildew, plinths, hailstones, thunder, lightning, and an outbreak of hoovers. There they were, John. And looking ahead to tomorrow, I see I haven't prepared anything for tomorrow, but I have it on good authority that elements of my previous weather forecasts may well be irrelevant. And don't worry, forecast fans. I'll have a much more detailed report for you next week, come hell or high water. 
In fact, according to the Met Office, the outlook for next week is hell with occasional outbreaks of high water, particularly on high ground. So do wrap up warm. What a load of old rubbish that was, David, and I mean that most sincerely. How dare you, John? That's the last time I come on this programme until the next one. Your people will be hearing from my people, although many of my people are over 20 miles away, so your people had better be good listeners. Until then, I'd better get out of here on my trusty steed. And there he goes. Or, if you live outside London, und da geht er. But now, without further equine-elephantine hybrids, it's time for more of your letters and emails in this week's edition of Dear Dredge. We start with a letter or email from Graham... No, ah, no, stop it, don't, no, no, ah, of Leighton Buzzard. He writes, Dear Dredge, my television doesn't seem to be working. Can you help? Well, who better to consult than the inventor of the television? Now, we asked his agent if he would come on the show, but apparently he has been dead for some decades. And, as if that wasn't disappointing enough, his voice only exists on an old wax cylinder. So it's a bit of a coup to reveal that with me in the studio now is the one and only John Logie Baird. Hello, John Logie. Hello there. It's very nice to be here, albeit only as a recording. John, have you any advice for Graham? Well, the simple answer would be no, I don't. But a more complicated answer is available on page 437 of CFAX. Splendid. Our next correspondence comes from Dennis Duggan of Dunstable on the Nays. Owing to a workplace accident, Dennis is no longer able to use email or write letters and has had to use Morse code instead. Dennis writes... Quite a tricky situation, wouldn't you agree, JL? Aye, John. In light of everything, my advice to Mr. Duggan would simply be... Ah, they don't write Morse like that anymore. I hope that's of some help to you, Mr. Duggan. And if it isn't, you can simply... Off. Any road, Mr. Baird, we mustn't keep you from resting in peace. Thanks for coming on the show and coming back from the dead, and for also inventing the television, even though it means that you're indirectly responsible for what's coming up next. Now on ITV 4.2, Adrian Edmondson travels around the country looking at traditional English customs in his own inimitable style in another edition of Aid in Britain. Today, I appear to be in Cornwall, which is extremely bloody boring. And for some reason, I'm supposed to be talking to this boring bloody bastard about his incredibly bloody boring Cornish pasties. Uh, right. Well, uh, I make all the pasties myself. I don't bloody care, you bloody boring bastard. Uh... Would you like to try one? No, I bloody wouldn't. I just want to destroy everything. And next. 
next week, Adrian will be smashing up a fish and chip shop in Weymouth. I'm pleased to say that one of the performers from that last sketch is with me now, esteemed thespian and actor Sir Leonard Carp. Please, John, call me Sir Leonard Carp. Sir Leonard, we just heard you playing Carp. the Carp. Sir Leonard Carp. Yes, that's we it. We just heard you playing the part of a quiet Cornishman. Did that role take long to prepare? Yes, I took a university course in being quiet, which I found very difficult as I could hardly hear the lecturer. I then studied All Quiet on the Western Front, along with the silent films of Buster Keaton, and watched several BBC dramas with the sound down. Often the best way. Tell me, what are you working on at the moment? I'm currently playing Lear at the Globe. Really? Yes, Princess Lear in a stage version of Star Wars. At the Globe? The Globe Tavern pub in Frinton, John. They've got a lovely stage. I say stage. It's actually a plank of wood on two beer barrels, but I think it's lovely. No, not lovely. What's the word I'm looking for? Ghastly, that's it. You've had a long and tedious career, Sir Leonard Carp, but what would you say was your most memorable role? I'd probably have to say that it was the one I remember the most. Yes, and which role was that? Neville Granger in The Serious Programme. A typical street in a typical town in a typical edition of the serious programme. Typical, isn't it? But it was here that something atypical took place. What was it? Who was behind it? And who was just off to the side? Neville Granger. How on earth did you get into my bathroom? Something had clearly taken place. But was it, as we suspected, something to do with the multinational conglomerate next door? To find out, we attempted to record people inside the building using a hidden microphone. But sadly for us, the microphone was so well hidden, we couldn't find it. Instead, we approached them for a comment, but they just called us a bunch of loonies and told us to go away. Were they hiding something? And more importantly, was it our microphone? Neville Granger. Clear off out of it. I won't tell you again. But then, in a new development, the serious programme obtained a copy of a document previously thought to be lost. After lengthy inspection, we realised that it had no bearing on the case whatsoever. Coincidence? Neville Granger. Right, that's it. I'm calling the police. You're calling the police. Just why did Neville Granger consider it necessary to expose himself in my general direction? Was he starting to panic about his role in the affair? And what was his role in the affair? Was it Angry Man in Bath? And if not in Bath, where was it? These and many other unanswered questions remain, along with several unquestioned answers. But one thing is certain. Or is it? We may never know. Good night. Listening to the Nothing to Do with Anything show presented by John Dredge in his own inimitable style. In Sheffield Town Hall, three individuals who were half of the greatest electronic pop group of the 1980s until the hits dried up have formed the world's newest team of superheroes, the Human League of Justice. Phil Oakey, towering vocalist, lipstick expert, and innovator of wonky haircuts, able to project his pop star aura across vast continents, or at least as far as where there used to be some shops. 
Joanne Catherall, mighty off-key pop siren, able to lure grown men to their deaths with a single note, dedicated beyond the call of duty to appearing on endless nostalgia tours as long as the money's good. She's only human. And Suzanne Sully. Or is it Susan Sully? Or Susan Ann Sully? A mistress of disguise, as no one seems to know her true identity. Least of all herself. A woman able to... Um... Well... She's the other one, anyhow. Together, their mission is to defeat injustice, to right wrongs, and to make music that fuses the melodic style of ABBA with the synthesized soundscapes of Kraftwerk for all mankind. Cut the playback, Tim. It's the Lego phone. Hello, this is Phil talking. You did that joke last time. Great glacial synth sounds. It's our old arch enemy, Newman. Still trying to duplicate the success of the Dare album without much luck, I hear. That's rich, coming from you. Well, I won't be a has-been for much longer. I always wanted to exact revenge upon you for usurping my position as Britain's premier electronic pioneer. And now I have my chance. My God, that can only mean one thing. I wonder what it is. I intend to top the charts once again by using my new invention, the number one Eliza Ray, and thus take over the music world forever. Ha ha ha! Oh, Berserker, my phone card's expired and I've run out of chain. Did you hear that, Joanne? Newman is back. Yes, and he's as diabolically cold and wooden as ever. He must be stopped or the top 40 will be even worse than it is at the moment. And that takes some doing. Yes, but how? What do you think we should do, Susan? I don't really care, to be honest. What? I was trying to find the right time to tell you this, Phil, but I'm leaving the group. But Susan, Sam, Anne, if if you're not around, Hull provides slightly off-key backing vocals on our records. Hull dance by my side in an amateurish manner. Who can I turn to for... Oh, well, I suppose Joanne can do all that. See you then. Is Susan returning to her old job as a waitress in a cocktail bar? Will Phil build an anti-number one Eliza Ray to counteract Newman's number one Eliza Ray? Will Newman then build an anti-anti-number one Eliza Ray to counteract the effect of Phil's anti-number one Eliza Ray? Will someone build a plot simplifier Ray? And who is this Ray character? Is he related to this Roland synthesizer guy I keep hearing about? Find out in the next Love Action Packed episode! Well, wasn't that synthetic? Oh, excuse me, literally dozens of listeners. Hello? John Dirge? Dredge. Never mind that. I am Lones Pemberton Plinth. Chief Executive of the Anti-Human League League. Why on earth do you keep mentioning these obscure musicians in your otherwise pathetic programme? They weren't so obscure in the 80s. Don't answer my questions. I know they were big once, but they're a lot smaller now they've been evicted from their mansion and are living in a box. 
Living in a cardboard box? I don't know what it's made out of, and I don't much care either. References like these mean I have to waste time learning about something I don't already know by looking it up on the internet. Why can't you do something about pop groups people like me have heard of? Have you anyone in mind? It's time to play Bob's Full House. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the master of the house, Robert Smith, out of The Cure. Hello! I thought I'd give this lark a go, because The Cure can't last forever. Oh... Well, anyway, let's meet and in some cases greet my full house guests. What's your name, sir or madam? Stephen Patrick Morrissey. Oh, bad luck there. Still, everything to play for. Do you have any hobbies? Being horrible and making underwhelming albums. What a coincidence. Those are my hobbies as well. (laughs) Contestant number two, what is your name? Derek Dalek. Where are you from, Derek? The planet Scarrow. That's a lovely part of the Narkenji galaxy, isn't it? Have you any hobbies, Derek? Yes, I like blowing things up with my death ray, being defeated by the Doctor, and cycling. What a coincidence, those are my hobbies as well. (laughs) And contestant number three, what is your name, please? Antichrist, that's an unusual name. Well, it's lovely to have you on the show, Anne. What do you do for a living? I am an anarchist. How interesting. I wouldn't have thought there was much money in that, but there we are. Anyway, fingers on buzzers now. Let's play. What's the square root of nine? Derek? Exterminate. No? Yes, Anne. Are you sure? I could be wrong. Well, you're wrong, I'm afraid, but I'll give you all a clue. It also happens to be the IQ of most Cure fans. Three. Correct, Stephen Patrick Morrissey. Question two. What sort of frog is Kermit? Exterminate. No. Would you like to have a guess, Anne? There's no point in asking, you'll get no reply. Please yourself. Yes, Stephen Patrick Morrissey. An annoying one. Correct again. Well done. Next question. What is the name of this programme? Exterminate. No, I'll throw it open to the others. Yes, Anne. No, I'm afraid you've confused this quiz show with two opposing paramilitary organisations in Northern Ireland. Sorry, I can only accept your first answer, Anne. Yes, Stephen Patrick Morrissey. I think it's the Nothing To Do With Anything show, which was written and performed by John Dredge, with the producer Richard Cray, and special guests James Shakeshaft, Greg Haste, and Mark Davison, all of whom executed their duties in their own inimitable style. Is the correct answer. What's he won, Bob? Well, Bob, for reading the closing credits, Stephen Patrick Morrissey wins this wonderful continuity announcer. Dear God, not a Another one. You're watching ITV4, which means that everything on the other channels must be really dreadful. But now, from the producers of Cornwall with Caroline Quentin, Martin Clune's Islands of Britain, and Sean Ryder's Top Petrol Stations of Salford, 
Yet another program in which someone who signed a golden handcuffs contract with the channel some time ago travels around the country looking at traditional British customs in their own inimitable style. This week, I'm in the delightful fishing village of Sizewell in Suffolk, where, as I look around, I can see miles and miles of uninterrupted nuclear power stations. With me now is the manager of Sizewell B, Bob Burgons. Actually, I might be the manager of Sizewell A. I can never remember. Uh, It's some sort of Sizewell, anyway. Well, whatever it is, it certainly looks impressive, Bob. But is it safe? Oh, absolutely, John. Mr Burgons, one of the titanium rods in the main reactor has magnetised the dilithium crystals on the lower cubic plinth. You don't mean... Actually, what do you mean? We've got a critical situation developing in 7G, sir. Mm, Nope. Still don't get it. I suppose you'd better alert the authorities anyway. I already have, sir, and they're sending one of their experts. Well, that's probably him now. Yes, man! I heard you were having a bit of trouble, Squire. A bit of trouble? The main reactor is overheating and the cooling systems have failed. If we don't act quickly, the core's going to melt down. If you don't calm down, mate, you'll melt down. Excuse me, but you do understand the gravity of the situation, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a relief. Well, by yeah, I mean no. I mean, I ain't done much of your actual nuclear. I mainly work on domestic central heating systems and boilers. But the principle's the same, I reckon. I'll just have a quick cup of tea and then get cracking. This is no time for tea. Yes, it is, mate. It's tea time. You want one? No, just fix the reactor. All right, pal, keep your hair on. So, where's this core you're on about? Through here, is it? Core! Wait, you need to wear layers of protective clothing if you're going in there. More layers? You must be joking. It's so hot in here, I'll have to take off my string vest before long. Now then, where's me hammer? A hammer? You can't fix the core of a nuclear reactor with just one hammer. Oh, really? Well, how many do you need, then? Look here, Mush, I might not have your qualifications, own a clipboard or wear a tie, but I have seen the China Syndrome. As far as I can see, all I need to do is give one of these pipes a bit of a tap and everything should be back to normal. Now then, is it this one? Probably not. So it should be this one then. Right. Well, in that case, it has to be this one. I don't know who last gave this a service, but they made a right hash of it. Uh, the V, the V, that's all, folks. <laughs> 